<laughs> is it time for recess yet? I'm so glad you found time to join us here on the Child Care Director's Chair, where Erica Sacoccio shares her best practices that she's refined through her passion of directing child care centers over the last 23 years. From parenting interaction, systems to save you time, money, and stress, to profitability. She shares it all from the Child Care Director's Chair. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Welcome to the Child Care Director's Chair. I am your host, Erica Sacoccio, and I am so sorry for the delay in today's episode. Um, I am recording it today, October 31st. It should have been out this morning, but unfortunately, I was not able to get our podcast out in time. So I do apologize, especially to those of you who do tune in daily, but I thought we'd have a little bit of fun tonight. Um, are you a childcare director who's ever had to deal with nightmare parents in your center? Well, we understand how challenging it can be, how frustrating it can be, have you pulling your hair out, not sleeping at night. Yeah, I, I know all about it, but... I do have some ideas on some tips that could be the solution that's perfect for you. Now, the first thing is you have to understand that your center is not going to be the right fit for every family, right? Some people like Pepsi, some people like Coke. It's a matter of preference. And you're going to come across, no matter how good you are, no matter how hard you work, no matter how much you try to problem solve, there are going to be parents that are just not going to be your cup of tea and um, vice versa. And that's okay. So you have to really just kind of go with it. And here's one of the things I like to say. Um, I found this really great quote and um, it, it really resonated with me. So it says, difficult people are like sandpaper. They may rub you the wrong way, but they also polish you to shine brighter. So think about that. Although somebody may be giving you a hard time, giving you constant critiques, uh, constant negative feedback, you feel like you can't do anything right. At the same time, it does push you to be better. Just like when you're looking at your competition and saying, you know, what are they doing? How can I do it better? It pushes you to do your best. And so with that, it is also a great gift. It might not feel like it during the time of that nightmare, but um, it really truly is a gift. So let's hop into these 10 tips that I think can at least alleviate some of the stress that you're feeling when you're dealing with nightmare parents. Number one is definitely communication is key. You want to make sure that you establish open lines of communication with parents right from the start. From day one, you want to let them know what are your boundaries, what are the policies, what do they need from you, and how, how would they reach you uh, when they need it? You want to regularly update them on their child's progress. Address any concerns that they have immediately. And encourage their active involvement in their child's development. Because of course, at the end of the day, typically when you have a parent that's asking a lot of questions or uh, needs clarification on many things, it is truly because they want to be involved in their child's you know, time at your school. So that is a blessing, to be honest. I know, again, I know sometimes it doesn't feel like it, but it really is um, because unlike many other businesses where it's very 
transactional. Uh, you come in, you buy something, I give you, you know, $20, call it a day, and you know, maybe if I like your product, I'll come back, you know, here or there. That's not the case for childcare. We know that it is a relationship-based business. And if you don't understand that with all relationships, not every relationship in your life is going to be always perfect and hunky-dory. And it's not any different when you're looking at relationships between caregivers and parents. You have to understand that you're not always going to agree. You're not always going to see eye to eye, but we always do have to be respectful of each other. So communication, again, is number one. Speaking of being respectful with each other, you have to actively listen to what the parents are saying. Listen to their concerns and their frustrations. Of course, you always want to show empathy and understanding. And when you do that, can often diffuse tense situations and it allows you all to work together to find a mutually beneficial solution. And, you know, when you're, when you're listening, don't be listening so that you are waiting for your fire back. Nobody has to be right or wrong in these situations. Maybe everybody could just be heard and understood and then work together to figure out what is a solution that works for everyone with the child being the number one priority in mind. Number three is you definitely want to set clear expectations. Clearly communicate your center's policies, rules, and expectations to parents during the enrollment process. This will help any misunderstandings and avoid potential conflicts down the line. The other thing too that I really think that you might want to consider is if a family has been with you two or three years, have your center policies changed? Because two or three years ago, we were at the height of the pandemic, right? So maybe there were things that you used to do prior to the pandemic that you no longer do, or you've changed the frequency of. So, you know, maybe looking at your center policies, making sure if anything has changed, that you have reiterated very clearly with the families what the new policies are, um, what has changed, and how you will be moving forward. You also want to make sure that you document everything. So that would be tip number four. Keep a detailed record of all your interactions with the parents, including emails, any meetings that you've had, any phone calls that you have had with the family. And that documentation will serve as a valuable reference in the case that any disputes arise. So it could be, you know, Miss Jones, when we met on October 31st, we agreed that this is the way that we were going to enter lunchtime into the app. And this is the time that we're going to do it. Because sometimes, you know, the apps, you know, they work great, but, you know, we're taking care of children. And there are some families that really like rely on that almost like lifetime. And they get a little nervous if they don't see information in that app right away. They get a little apprehensive, meaning, um, you know, maybe they're thinking their child wasn't fed or maybe their child wasn't napping. And if the child's not napping, is the child okay? Is the child not feeling well? Um, so there is a reason besides causing you grief that they're asking that. So maybe if you don't have time to get all of the information in the app right away, or if it's not lifetime, you know, you want to make sure again that that's clear. Or even if you send a little message and says, I'm running a little behind on getting the information in the app because we have two new students that started today and I really want to, you know, give everybody the attention they deserve. We will be entering in lunchtime and nap times before three o'clock today. 
everybody is doing great. There are no problems. We just wanted to communicate. And you could, you know, maybe stop some of the worries before they even occur. So again, making sure that you document everything. It's a great resource for you to go back. And it also will help you say, oh, you know what? We did agree on that and we didn't follow through on what we said we were going to do. So again, it's great to help uh, you stay accountable. And then if you need to go back and use that as a resource, you have it at your fingertips as to what parties agreed with. Now, this should go without saying, but again, it sometimes is hard. You want to make sure that you stay professional. So that's tip number five. It's crucial to maintain professionalism, even when we are faced with difficult parents. Keep your emotions in check and respond to challenging situations with a calm and composed demeanor. Even if they are not calm, even if they're not composed, and even if they're not professional. Now, does that mean that you should allow yourself to be berated or treated in a way that feels aggressive or not good for your program? Absolutely not. You know, and then you may have to ask yourself, is it time to separate? Because again, this is a relationship. And just like a family can leave your program at any time, you can also ask a family to leave and look at your policies and say, you know, do I have policies in here that say, if parents treat my my teachers unfairly, or if they're swearing, or if they're being, you know, increasingly difficult on a regular basis, like what do your policies say in terms of, reasons you can let a family go. And, you, you know, again, like I said, I know it, it's hard when emotions are, are you know, risen. And you have to remember that is their child. And I'm a mom. <laughs> and I can tell you when it comes to my children, I also can get pretty, pretty defensive or pretty on guard if I feel that my children are in danger or not being traded fairly in some kind of way. So, you know, again, that's kind of where that empathy comes in. Sometimes just taking a break and say, I've heard what you had to say. I'd like an opportunity to have a day to kind of review and reflect on your feedback, on your concern. Can we touch base tomorrow? And then that kind of also helps diffuse some of that emotion for both parties. Because, you know, sometimes when you, you, you sleep on it, you are refreshed and it gives you a little bit of time to deal with things a little bit more calmly and clearly. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. So my next tip is seek support. Don't hesitate to reach out to your team or supervisors for guidance and support. And sometimes too, an outside perspective can really provide fresh insight and help you find effective solutions. And I find that even though I'm the owner of my program, I do find that there are times where Um, If I'm meeting with the family that I ask my director or lead teacher to be part of the meeting because they can often offer a different perspective or they may have information that I don't. Or sometimes maybe that family works with the director or lead teacher and has a stronger relationship with them than they do with you, uh, depending on the way that you run your program. And sometimes that helps as well for them to feel like there's another person in the room that is not biased. So definitely seek support. And our next tip would be offering solutions. Instead of dwelling on the problems, focus on finding solutions. Collaborate with the parents and come up with strategies that address their concerns while aligning with your center's policies. And I would say, you know, in the last year, as we 
have been recovering from the whole COVID pandemic and the changes in the industry, I feel like we collaborate with parents much more frequently and on things that are a little bit different than what we did traditionally. Traditionally, when we were collaborating with parents, it was really more on like, what type of field trips would you like the kids to go on? And, you know, what kind of snacks would you like us to serve? And uh, we have some money from a grant and we'd like to buy some new equipment and uh, we want your perspective. Now I would say we're collaborating more with parents around the day-to-day operations, around the budget, around staffing, um, around some of these more major pieces where parents maybe weren't necessarily collaborating with five or or six years ago. So, you know, uh, I would say, you know, these opportunities really can form uh, great relationships if you resolve them in a way that makes sense. So be solution-based. Let's not, again, focus on the problems. Be positive. What can we do to move forward? How can we work together to make this happen? My next tip is absolutely be flexible. Understand that parents may have unique circumstances and challenges. And whenever possible, be flexible and accommodating, but of course, within reason. And ensure a positive experience for both the children and the parents. You know, there are some some programs that have no policies and it's kind of all willy-nilly. And then there's the, the flip side of that, who every single thing is like, you know, referring back to page 10 and the policy says, and that's not really great either. So, you know, be somewhere in the middle where you can use those policies as a, a guideline, but there are sometimes in certain circumstances where you might need to make a special accommodation. So be aware of that. And I think that that's, you know, good business. So that would be tip number eight. For tip number nine, continuous improvement. Regularly evaluate your center's practices and policies. Seek the feedback from the parents and use it to make necessary adjustments, ensuring that you're always striking and striving for excellence and striking a balance. And again, I think that's what we all strive to do is to have an excellent program. I don't think anybody opens a program or goes into a leadership position to say, hey, I've made it and now I'm not going to do anything to move my program forward. I'm not going to do anything to maintain standards. That would be ridiculous. And certainly you wouldn't be a good leader. So always striving for excellence, always striving to make a center as as wonderful as you can for the children and the parents. And lastly, don't forget to celebrate your successes, no matter how small. Positive moments that happen, trying to, um, you know, go hold on to those. Because I think it's very easy for us to hold on to the negative and negative, negative, negative day after day can really be draining. So look for those spots of that feedback that you get as like, you know, wow, you guys are really doing this great. And I really appreciate it when you, you know, you did this or that. Make sure that you, that you use that as part of your fuel to keep you positive and motivated. And then also recognize and acknowledge the parents who actively contribute to a positive and supportive environment. You know, we often overlook them, just like the, the children in the class who don't need a lot of redirection. And we spend all of this time and energy and, you know, a student who may need a lot of redirection, a lot of um, supports to follow the rules, to do, you know, what they're supposed to, to be nice to others, right? We spend so much energy on that. And I think we do the same with parents. So we want to encourage others to follow suit and have a sense of community within the center. So really build on those families who love you and rave about your program, both in person, online, in groups, 
at DM Studios, all the places that they go. Because those people are rare gems and you really want to make sure that they feel appreciated as well. So that's another episode. I hope that these 10 very quick tips are helpful. If you loved our show and uh, you like our content, please subscribe to our podcast so that you know when we have a new episode that comes out, which is pretty much daily. Uh, This is my first time in, oh my goodness, five seasons that I skipped a day. Uh, But we're here every single weekday. Uh, in the morning at 5 a.m. And uh, we look forward to really collaborating with you. If you're not um, part of our Facebook group, uh, hop on over to our Facebook page and uh, say hello. All right, well, that's it for today. I hope you had a wonderful Halloween, all you ghouls and goblins out there in Kittyland. We will see you tomorrow. That's it for the Child Care Director's Chair. Well... All the cute little kiddos have been picked up and it's time to go home. And that'll do it for another episode of the Child Care Director's Chair. Please leave a review so Erica knows the information is helping you to manage and improve your child care centers. Remember to subscribe to get the latest episode from Erica's Child Care Director's Chair. (laughs)